Hey, hey, what's going on, Derek? Hello. Can you hear me? Going? I can. Amazing. So, uh, everyone, I just wanted to give you a quick background. I'm going to be having my first uh, friend hang out on Anchor. I've done a couple things before, but never using the feature to actually call in, which is super cool. Um, but Derek and I have been friends for many years, about maybe like almost seven years. And away on the street one day and uh, kind of connected through food and music. Um, and at the time, Derek was not into, he loved food, but wasn't into cooking. But over the last years, he's just become like an epic cook, especially loves Thai food. Derek, you were in Thailand for the last two months, and I've been getting just like daily and weekly updates on what you're cooking. Um, so I'd love to know how, how is it being back? How is it being back? That's a good question. First of all, this app is so cool. I must say, like that worked so seamlessly. <laughs> It's kind of yeah, crazy. That was right? actually pretty awesome. You just like press record. I've done podcasts before, and it's always a bitch. We sound like an advertisement now, but we're not. Yeah. Well, well, it's okay because the the person that designed and created this app was you know an old friend of mine. So I feel okay about plugging it a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's true. Forgot about that. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, you're back now. You were in Thailand for two months, and I'm I'm just like curious and wanted to share a bit about your. You know your experience being there what it's like coming back but also just like what you've taken away because there's so much you know behind philosophy behind cooking thai food and you know you really like believe in studying it to its core yeah it's a it's definitely a complicated answer um i've been back now for about a week so um it actually hasn't been that much time so i'm, I'm just i'm just still allowing processing um because yeah i'm always i'm i'm digging deeper all the time into thai food and culture um it's my passion and and also obsession i guess you would say um it it really does keep me going to always what is it about thai food um so yeah i'm just processing right now to be honest with you like two months is a long is a long time to be somewhere um (laughs) and The level that I'm trying to understand it, it takes a lot of thought and processing. Well, so uh, just in general, just to kind of like even back up a bit, like I know when you first were getting into cooking, I remember like you were making pizzas and different things. But what was it about Thai food that just like stuck? Because it's um, been, you know, three years, however many years now you've been kind of mostly focused on studying. Yeah, it. I had I had a couple of friends that went there and they came back and, and they're, they're very good cooks and they... They made some food that really um, sparked interest to them. And when I tasted that, I realized that I never had actually had Thai food like that. Um, because Thai food in America, similar to Chinese food, it's, it's like <laughs> it's American Thai food. And there's nothing wrong with that. It can be very delicious. And you can find the same exact Thai food that you get in America in Thailand. You know, and Thai people are eating it. So there's nothing to say that that is wrong with that but through my own experiences i've started to really dig in deeper to more traditional for lack of better word or old recipes that are um basically they're found in old thai manuscripts and they're written typically when someone passes away their their family will um preserve their recipes um so those type of recipes and more specific regional um cuisines i've gotten very into and most of that is, is actually really not represented in the United States, um, including even central Thai cuisine, which um, Pad Thai and all those things that we have fall under central. But the, um, the stuff that I continue to keep learning and, and researching, it's not that available here. So I think it's I think that's what really what sparked my interest is just the, that it's huh. we always we typically as humans, I think, like to. Um, to have what we don't have, you know, we like to seek what we seek the unknown. I think that's what I often gravitate towards. And, you know, I could talk to a lot of Thai friends that I've made in Thailand and all of them want to come to New York or they want to live in Canada or something, or they love snow. You know, it's, it's always like we, the grass is always greener. So I think that, I think that, that, that's, a, that's the, 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 the short answer to it. But I would also say that, um, <laughs> It's really the first cuisine that I've like, and, and first place that I've traveled to for a foreign country that was I traveled there specifically for food, and because of that, it's like it has a place in my heart. I feel like 
you could, I probably could have fallen in love with Mexican food and still can and like went to Oaxaca and like saw amazing techniques because they are actually very similar to Thai food and I'm sure I would become obsessed. Um, but it just so happens that Thai was the first one and I think that I just, I can't get enough of it um, because I do have this like, like I said before, this obsessive personality to continue learning about one thing like i could learn to make pad thai but then i'm still interested how 20 other people make it you know and i and i can't stop doing that because my my interest lies in just feeling like i'm gaining some kind of knowledge i think it's like it's it's to my um it could be it can destroy me sometimes actually you know (laughs) (laughs) i hear you i'm the same we're both like obsessors and uh like i'm right now for me it's been really gardening you know and just kind of diving into how to grow your own food. Cause that's now that I have the space, I'm just so excited about like, how can I actually provide food for myself? But I, I've definitely dove into many different cuisines. And um, one, one thing that, you know, you and I talk about that I always find in- interesting and I've been kind of working on these concepts of, you know, what are the connections between uh, not just, just food and music, but what people consider to be authentic food and music. And, you know, I think back to that quote um, in an Anthony Bourdain episode where Andy Ricker was talking about like, authentic being you know whatever your grandmother made and, and i find it fascinating because like now you, you go to restaurants and like people are like oh authentic thai food and like what are they like what are they really using that word for and and how does that show up like in thailand like do you see that they're that that's even a thing or people are just cooking food and it's delicious um it's a it's it's a tough question to answer i've as i become more mature and just more confident and just accepting of myself and my own kind of studies and and that and that being said because of how much i've researched i've gotten to these points um i would say that um and i've thought about that word a lot and i think that people in the west and here don't really think about it like we're like we're analyzing that's the first thing i would say i would say the average person you know that comes to my dinners or that for a cooking lesson or, or whatever, they they will hear from someone that, oh, Derek makes authentic Thai food. And I, I think that the people that are saying that sentence, they're just, this is my opinion. This is what I, I thought about, um, of course. I think it's just a line of communication. I think it's just a way to say, mm. oh, Derek, like, is makes this food that, you know, he goes there and, like, really learns about. So, therefore, it's authentic. I think that's all it means. I don't think people who say it generally are thinking this hard about it. Um, But on the flip side, when it comes from a culinary standpoint or like a a food critic or someone who cooks and they say, oh, he cooks authentic Thai food, I sometimes question that because I'm like, well, in one way I get that it's communication, but you should know better because – everyone at the end of the day is going to say what their personal experiences um, is their favorite dish. You know, if, if you, if you made me mm. my first pizza and it was just it like had a place in my heart or, or if I'm in the right scenario, listening to music, you know, I'm in, I'm in like, I'm on the beach and it's, it's like music that has this beach vibe. It's, it's all circumstantial. So that's, what's going to feel best to me. So, um, I think that that's kind of what authentic means. And I think beyond that, like, like I said before, all the Thai food that you can get in America that people, you know, like, know, like that's you and like a standard, like green curry, green curry that looks like a smoothie or like, um, <laughs> you, all of that, you can get all of that in Thailand and it's going to be exactly the same as here actually. And Thai people are going to be eating it. And that's not to say that's the Thai food that I like, mm. but like that is there. Mm. So like, you can't it's say there. that that's any less authentic, you know? And, and you would never hear me say this yeah. years ago, but that's just kind of where I've gotten to at this point. Um, so would you say that the food that you're cooking is more based off of like, you know, and maybe it's a mix, but trying to recreate like, oh, I had this amazing uh, pad thai or I had this amazing, you know, cow soy in this specific area. So I want to taste that. Or is it more like you just know the flavors that you like and you're taking inspiration from all these different dishes and making sure you make the best version for you. Um, can you re- rephrase that a little bit? Cause it kept cutting off. I was, I missed some of that. Um, no, no, no worries. So, so the concept is like, I'm curious 
when you're cooking a dish now, are you focused on trying to make it based on that amazing version of, say, mm-hmm. cow soy that you made, uh, that you ate, you know, in Thailand however many months ago? Or are you more focused on, like, just making a version of cow soy that you think um, tastes the best? I think it's a combination. Like, I, my, my interest is being able to, like, replicate um, Thai food based on what I like the best. But, like, those are kind of the same things in a way. Because, like, if I'm trying to replicate a specific, you know, noodle soup that I had there, um, it means that that version is what I personally like the, the best, you know? But, like, I there's there's countless places that I have – I would I talk to my Thai friends about in Thailand, and they're like, oh, I don't like that place. So that place uh, yeah, that's okay. It's edible, you know? And I'm just like, mm, that's the one I like. So – you know, it doesn't they <laughs> like stuff. And I'm like, no, that's like not the best version of that, you know? And it's like, whatever, you know, yeah. I think, I think I, I say this within reason. And obviously if you see my work and you, and you know, that you learn about more of like what I'm into, I, I obviously have very particular tastes. And I don't even mean tastes in food. I just mean like general artistic tastes, like in things. So like, I, I am very particular about things, but I'm also like, I, I just become, every day I become more and more lenient because at the end of the day, like, there are 500,000 versions of cow soy in Thailand, and there's 100 cooking classes that are, that are taught by Thai people teaching you how to make cow soy, and all of them are a red curry paste with spices added to it, you know, like additional spices, and that's mm. just like, and I, if you talk to me, I would tell you that's not cow soy, you know, and, but 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 then you can look at that and be like, wait, but a Thai person is teaching this, and that's how that Thai family cooks it, so it is cow soy, you know. So it's it's a very interesting subject, authenticity and like trying to decipher this stuff. But I think it all comes down to communication. What it is, like my what I'm trying to cook yeah. is is more historic and like I'm trying to understand more why the dish was a certain way in the first place, like. Why did cow so like where did that where did cow soy come from? There's noodles, it's Chinese, like there's there's immigrants coming in from China, it's on the trade route with spices. There's all these things and if you start researching that, you dig more into like what the original version possibly was and you find mm. there are a lot of Thai manuscripts that are in Thai and unfortunately I can't read them, but right actually my biggest goal at this point is learning the language and reading it. It's like it's all I've been doing every day. Like I've been spending hours just like starting to train myself to understand the language because I've gotten to a point where I'm, you know, you can only get so far and I've gotten pretty far, I think like understanding Thai food. But like, if you're trying to dig more deep into these, these old recipes or things like that, that are written down, you have to understand Thai to a certain extent, you know? And, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a hard question because every, everything evolves over time and, and all food is really a combination of different cultures, inclu- including Thai food. So, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I'm probably surprising you right now with my words, but I'm just much more lenient. Like, I just, I care less and less each day. If someone it's wants it's to amazing to hear. something <laughs> a certain way, that, that's great. It might not be what I like, you know, but that's like, that's the beauty of it all. You know, if, if everyone did something, if everyone made everything the same way, it wouldn't be a... Uh, it wouldn't, I wouldn't, I then would probably be doing something else, honestly, because I am obsessed with just like knowledge and like trying to understand something that someone doesn't, you know, and then I'll probably share it with people, but I want to like dig deeper, like off the surface. Um, yeah. Because, you know, unfortunately, well, everything has a... you do find online with Thai food, like is, is pretty much a, it's, it's based on something else, you know, because everything, including a lot of my understanding is based on someone else's interpretation in the first place because unless you are going directly to the source of these old recipe books or whatever, you're 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 interpreting someone else's interpretation, and that can go for every kind of thing, music, any kind of like learning. You you know, if you have a professor at a college teaching you something, like he can only teach you so much. You have to take all that information and then really dig deeper on your own. Like I I've been studying with I would say probably who is like the most knowledgeable Thai person in the whole world. I, I'm not, I would say that lightly. I think it's very truthful. And even beyond that, I'm still taking what he gave me and, and taking it. I, I'm researching beyond that as much as I can, because otherwise it's just like on the surface learning. Um, 
Yeah, and, and I think I think to all, all of your points, you know, and I, it's it's cool to actually hear you be a little more lenient because I know, I know, like when you first were getting really into cooking Thai food, like it shifted a lot. Um, going from like that's not Thai cooking or whatever, and to see that you're talking about the fact that, you know, that that in Thailand they're cooking green curries like you would get at the local place in New York City. Um, and I, I so what I'm curious about is just like with music, so when. Uh, when James Brown, you know, in, in the 60s, 70s was like kind of on top of the world with, with funk, um, a lot of African musicians were getting inspired by him. Like Fela Kuti, his band check out, listen to James Brown records and be inspired and they would create their own style of music. But then the, the, the players from James Brown would go to Africa and see Fela Kuti and then be inspired by them. And there's like this really interesting inspirational wheel going around. And it's very hard to figure out like who was the beginner, who was the originator and I'm curious if in, in Thailand, if that maybe is what happened a little bit, you know, people started come like, for whatever reason, you know, people immigrate over from Thailand to America, they start cooking food, just like with Chinese food, and they, they wanted to sort of please an American palate. So maybe they're making Pad Thai, and they're using things like sriracha or ketchup or whatever in the, in the sauce. And people are like, wow, this is amazing. It's exotic, but it's still familiar. But then you flash forward, go to Thailand, but now all of a sudden, that's something that's unique. And this no, is just I, kind of that's, kind that's, of hitting me right now. You know what it is, and it, it. I think that I don't know. I don't. I know nothing about other cuisines. I mean, I can cook other things, but I know nothing about other things. But I would imagine that most things are like that. You know, everything is like, everything is kind of. You know, everything is an adaptation of of what they have and like what someone brings. You know, and. Um, so Thai food, hundred percent, is that even Thai music? By the way, in the seventies, I wish you could find some of this stuff online. Maybe you can if if I could figure out the artist. But I, I was in a record store once last year when I was there, and there was a DJ who, he's he's an, obsessed with Thai music, so he just goes and like finds Thai music and to DJ and stuff. And so he happened to be in the store when I was there, and he showed me a bunch of stuff, and he showed me this music that was like unknown to the world unknown to even thailand i've never even heard it it was literally james brown and fela kuti but made by thai people and it was the most insane funky stuff what? i've ever heard and i wish this was a year and a half ago now and i still don't know any oh. of these artists and i i'm not sure if you could even find them online but there's a whole movement in the 70s in thailand with thai music that was like james brown and it's amazing i i actually need to find it out because <laughs> i love this stuff it's so crazy it's like so, it sounds just like Fela Kuti, James Brown. It's funky. Like I just had no idea that there was Thai people playing music like that, and that's just another example. They were influenced by James Brown and stuff, you know. And like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing! Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so, so in in speaking about that, because I've been I've been kind of formulating this concept without giving too much away, but I've been working on a, a food pilot that involves. Uh, you know, food and music and kind of the connection between the two. And um, I am curious, like, do you see in current day Thailand, is there much music going on or is like food really like the central part of like when people sit down to a meal, like is music a thing or is it just kind of in the background? Um, I think it's in the background from what I've noticed, but I'm, I'm sure it, it depends because music can feel in the background in the United States too, depending on who you're hanging out with. So I, I think that, if I was maybe hanging out with a bunch of time musicians where their whole life is music, I probably would notice more, you know, if I'm seeking it out. But my, in my personal experience, I'm always just focused um, on food, which is really single minded, sometimes. but I, I mm -hmm. like all I do. Um, well, you think that's common? Like, do you, I mean, Thai food is such an amazing cuisine. Do you feel like that is a huge part of most people's days? Like whether it's the workers or the families, is it something that's just like so embedded into the culture? Um, um, or is it just because you're obsessed with it that you like food? study it? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm think curious. It's, like, I think is it's it, embedded is it... in, in, Thai, in life. It's like Thai people live to eat. <laughs> that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't matter who, you always see someone eating, you know, and like, and it is, I don't know if you've seen like how Bangkok is, is cleaning up the streets and there was all those articles about street food will end. And like, yes, they definitely are cleaning up the streets and it's, it is, you start to notice things are different. I don't think it'll ever end. And just from who I've talked to that no one really does, but in general, like they, the government really is trying to make it more 
kind of like civilized like in new york city you know they're trying to like push people from the waterfront that are like more poor areas like just like in new york how the projects were built on the waterfront but now all of a sudden like you have these high rises and it's more desirable like the same thing is happening in thailand and you have um a lot of street foods that that's not as prevalent as it was before and it can be sad in many ways. There's also advantages to it. It's something I don't even want to get into right now. It's a longer story. But the point is, is like that you always see people eating um, on the street, even if it's street food or like something or they take away something that you see people eating outside um, for sure. And cool. well, well, so I know you like said you didn't want to get into that. And so just maybe switch gears a little bit. Like, I'd love to know on the the philosophical side and not to say that there's like a great Thai cooking philosopher, but I feel that every cuisine has its kind of base in some sort of philosophy, whether it's just with the flavors or like how they go about approaching things. Like for example, in going to Vietnam, a huge thing that I took away from the philosophy of it was like the balance, the yin and the yang perspective of like having um, just certain different textures and different flavors and um, like a soothingness nature to it. So when you're eating, there's a freshness as well as the fact that they're taking um, certain ingredients at different times and using them in creative ways instead of like in America where everything's always about like, okay, tomato, red, ripe, that's when we use a tomato, you know? Okay, mango, ripe, that's when we use it. Um, So I'm curious like what you've taken away over the years of studying Thai food, like what are some quintessential things that people can understand about it to know the cuisine more? If you take away, you know, every Thai Thai publication in the U.S. or cooking class is all like, oh, Thai food, exotic ingredients, lemongrass, galangal, like kaffir lime leaves. It's like a, it's all the flavors. It's spicy. It's sour. It's salty. It's sweet. It blah blah blah. Like that's already been said, and it's over. It's overplayed. If you step back from, like, step back from these like flavor profiles for a second, and just think about, like, a a family. Most people like what in in Thai food, like. You know, back in the day, and it's way different now because you have you have metropolitan areas like Bangkok. But if you're talking about like country living, people had basic things like chilies. Which chilies, by the way, talk about like assimilation. Were not indigenous to Thailand. They were brought over by the Portuguese. So like, but, but let's just say like beyond that, people have you know chilies and and they have shrimp paste usually because it's or, or fermented items because they last. It's preserving. So they have like mm. shrimp paste and they have. Um, chilies and shallots and garlic right let's say those four ingredients and that right there makes a chili relish like non-click which is what it's called and mm. like if you think about like what makes up a thai table that is usually like the main thing that you talk to any type like thai cooks you like i have a lot of thai friends that, that cook food and you ask them what they like and they say non-click that's like the first thing they say even though they could say stir fries or they could say soups or whatever but they say that usually because it's like you can eat it with vegetables and it's like that it's that centerpiece typically where people just have raw vegetables and they dip it in these chili relishes. And, um, I think if you step back and you, you forget about flavor profiles and you think about this like chili relish, it's made, it's based on ingredients that are around the house that are in the garden that are plentiful, that are cheap and they can sustain a whole family. You make like a relish, and you water it down or you add some lime and then that's a dip. And if you have vegetables, you can like 10 of you can dip into this small bowl and feed yourself that with rice, like a rice and a relish. It's like, you're thinking about these two components that can feed a family. Mm. So if you think on like, a, if you take, if you take away the culinary like tendencies that we like to go to and talk about the flair of the food and you just think about the basic of a dish and like why that's even a dish, it's, it's probably because it's a family or it's a group of people that like need to, they need to feed each other and they're sustaining on their rice fields and there's like, and a chili dip of some sorts. And the relish, it, it goes a long way. You know, like if you, if you make yeah. a stir fry, uh, like a pad thai and it's like you do, you do one at a time. It's, it's, it's so many ingredients. It's expensive. Like you're talking about like rice noodles. You're talking about having tamarind, like fresh shrimp, like, fresh shrimp that's like already you're like you're going beyond what some people budget afford you know like um <laughs> yeah you're you're adding all of these ingredients it's more of a it's not as primitive so i think that 
if you think mm. of Thai food more that way. And then you, so you have the chili relish and you have the rice and then that, that already can kind of sustain a family. And then you have your, your curries, um, which are essentially water. So a soup is also kind of a curry in a way, you know, um, people might kill me for saying that, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's your water. And then everything else is kind of a side dish. Like if you have, if you have deep fried, you know, chicken wings, that that's a side dish to all these other things. That's not, that's not how they would see as the main event. You know, the main event is the relish wow. and the rice and like a curry. And then maybe you have a salad. That's also a component. So like it's a Thai table, like a, it typically kind of has all these things, you know, relish, salads, stir fries, like side dishes, curries, and all of that, you know, it, it will make up the flavor. Um, the more and more I learn, like, I'm not worried about, can I, quote unquote, balance this sour with this salty? If you if you are just thinking about the whole table or just thinking about the ingredients you're using in general, that'll already happen. You know, if you, if you see, if you, if you have fish sauce in a recipe with sugar and tamarind and chilies, that is salty, sour, um sweet and, and spicy already sweet you know that spicy. the ingredients dictate the flavor so like we talk about this sour spicy bullshit too much like the, the flavors are the ingredients <laughs> you know like if you make avocado toast yeah. it's, it's avocado and toast like that's what it tastes like and that's how like that's how yes. i think of food at this point like i guess that's just where i'm at but it, it it's the only way that i can like read a recipe or remember a recipe or things like that i'm not as worried about Sometimes I beat myself up about this, how I, like I didn't take notes on a flavor profile, but like it, if you just like try to understand the dish more, the flavor profile will, will dictate itself, in my opinion. And I think that's an interesting way to approach wow. food in general. Just let like just let the ingredients, whatever you have, like tell you what it should taste like. Um. Yeah. So what's what, what I'm really gathering here too that I haven't really thought about before, but like it's it's kind of like we studied these cuisines and we're so amazed by oh my god, like they added this and this. I would have never thought of that. But for them, they're not, like, thinking about necessarily being a creative cook. Like, they're just using what they yeah. have around. So for us, because we don't have those same things around, it seems so creative. But they're, they're, A, using the things that they have around them, you know, in Thailand and lots of other cultures. But they're also needing to, to use it as necessity. So, like, okay, you know, this, these, this ingredient is only uh, around for this time. So we need to ferment it so it lasts longer. And then all of a sudden you ferment it and then you have it for – January, whatever that month is, and now you're using it because it's ready to go, and it just happens to go with the chilies and the shrimp or whatever you have. Yeah, no, um, so that's true. Yeah, that's it's a really beautiful thing. It's hard to like grasp. I mean, like the ultimate mature state of myself would be like really being able to say, you know what, I'm gonna use all this Thai, like this Thai um, vocabulary or grammar or language that I have of the food, and just like you know go use some American produce. But like, I can't get to that point right now personally. Cause like those flavors just don't make, they don't, they don't make the dish taste why it tastes, why, why I love it so much. So I always have trouble like figuring out how I can like, you know, use our ingredients to make Thai food. But I think that eventually someday I'll, I'll be there. I think it just comes with like, the more you understand the cuisine. And if you put yourself in a Thai person's, you know, shoe, like if we brought all the best Thai, not all the best. I'm sorry. If we just brought Thai chefs, <laughs> if we brought aunties, grandmas, grandpas all to New York, and like this is where they had to live. Like, what would they do? You know, like how would they cook it? Like they're not. They're probably not going to be like me and be like, oh, I need to like figure out where I can find this special leaf and and like and eventually I do find it sometimes in New York, but I spend all day finding it. You know, they're they're probably not going to do that. Um, so. It's an interesting thing mm. to to think about, and doesn't mean I'm I'm gonna go down that route really. But um, yeah, I think it's like you said, creative. It does sound very creative to us, but that's because it's foreign. Um, it's it's foreign to us, and that that's why. Like, yeah. and it's not to say it, that they're not creative. Like, sour soup, like sour like sour soup slash curry is like the gengsom, like which is like a sour sour. Um, curry of um in its most primitive form like literally you could just have like chilies shallots and fish three ingredients in the curry paste you could even have two you could have like chilies and 
you could have chilies. You could have one ingredient. Um, but typically it was, you know, made with like, maybe there was fish that was too small and it would be unusable. So they would boil it or they dry it or whatever. And that fish would be pounded into a paste. So you have like chilies, shallots and fish, and then you just dissolve that in water. Okay. And like, that's your, that's like a vet that, that tastes like Thai food to me. Like, you know, like pad thai and mm. patsu and green curry, all those things taste like Thai food as well. But like they have clear influences of other cultures, like the Chinese or Muslim curry. You have like Iranian culture coming in, all these different things, right? But like, like Thai food, when I taste something like gangsum, which is like that sour curry I just described, it, it for some reason I don't know how else to describe it other than to say it tastes like Thai. But if you look at that, those are ingredients that were just around, like they were in the garden. And if tamarind or lime wasn't there, it might, it might, they might be in the north. They might not even have limes, but they might have some kind of sour leaf on a tree, right? They might have like, um, I don't know, like there's, there's many different sour leaves. There's, there's young tamarind leaves. There's different fruits that are sour. There's green mangoes. Like all those mm. are souring agents. So a lot of times these older soups, like instead of always like going to like vinegar or lime or whatever, like we do, like they would use a sour fruit or a sour leaf and that's what would make the soup sour and it wasn't like like old dum yum like like has it wasn't like just lime juice or tamarind like it had green mango or it had like different sour agents you know and like so interesting it's, yeah it, again okay. that's like the ingredient just dictating what the flavor should be like if you put a bunch of fucking flour or sorry sour um leaves in a soup it's going to become sour and it that's what made the flavor. Um, and it, it seems like, unfortunately, um, I don't want to say unfortunately, because we have so much access and, and privilege and things in America, access to so many different ingredients. But it, it seems almost backwards based on how they learn to cook when you're just like, okay, uh, this is this is the exact recipe. These are the exact ingredients. I need to go out and find them and then just yeah. take the dish because it seems like a lot of the ways they were learning are from just what was around them. And it's very hard to experience that in America unless you live on a farm because most people can just go to the market and they have access to so many ingredients and they just grab stuff. So they're not thinking necessarily as much about, um, okay, this thing's starting to go to waste. What can I do with it? How can I... And there, I is, think a, that's, there that's is a movement very, happening. I mean, me included, like, I don't, there's, I think it's pretty special, actually, that there are people that live on a farm and live off the food on the farm, you know, in, in America. It's like, it's, they might not be chefs, but they're cooking food and like from what they have, you know, and like that is enough of chef, you know, what is a chef anyways? But like, um, I think, it's, I think it's yeah that, that exactly. And I, I'm not saying I personally do that. Like a lot of times to, under, to really understand another culture's recipes and stuff, you have to like, as like someone who's a student or trying to be like a scholar of the food, you have to kind of, um, you have to learn what these recipes or what the history kind of is. Um, if you're trying to do what I'm doing, like if you're just trying to like make some like, good food or some like interesting like standard Thai food you can just look at a recipe you know like who cares it doesn't matter but I, I'm just trying to understand it in a different way um, and yeah I think, I think I did yeah no. well it I makes you wonder day, like yeah I mean people like like the whole idea of like this like celebrity chefs and like how food is a thing right now was was not a, not even a thing in the 90s you know so like I who knows what no. you know people in the 1800s in thailand were like really thinking about um you can find these yeah. manuscripts and, and I also interpret it once you can speak thai and stuff but you're you're still and it, and it might be very very like scholarly and 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 you have a lot of basis behind what you're researching mm. but it's still you still weren't there you know like you still weren't there to feel yeah. um well that's why i wonder like in america there's so much uh, like debate of what is American food, right? And I know all cultures are influenced by other cultures. Like you said, in Thailand, and even learning about, you told me months ago, like the papaya wasn't even introduced that long ago. And now it's become like the quintessential thing. But I, I wonder if one of the reasons why American food isn't associated with anything Korean, it's like cheeseburgers and, and hot dogs. I wonder if it's just because other cultures were coming in and they were focused more on making their own food. 
versus like just seeing what was here and trying to create something new. Um, that's a good but question, but I think you know, that like I don't not, know if you hmm. if you dig into like you go to like New Orleans and see how some of the people cook down there and like with with different like Cajun and French influences and all these other things. I I, I think that a lot of them were using what we hmm. have, but I don't I don't know like I don't I think I think that I gravitate towards Thailand and you know you could say this about Indonesia and other. Southeast Asian areas over there, like Vietnam and everything. I have I don't know anything about them, but I'm just I just know you could say this, but like the climate and the ingredients are different than what grew here. Like the like there's just so many different types of things there, and I gravitate towards mm. those specific things. Um, but the, on the flip side, you have people like you know even Danny Barber now that are like crossbreeding stuff and making very interesting things based on our soil and stuff, and that that's really cool. Like, and there's a lot of people like my friend, Sonny, who are very, very inspired by what grows in the U S you know? So I don't think that, I think there, there is a lot of stuff here probably that is even undiscovered, you know, or even like, um, your friend, uh, Jeremy, like with mushrooms and all the stuff he does, like he, he's finding stuff that people don't know about, you know, like, um, it's so that's very true. He's taking Koji and doing different things. And, uh, and, and, and to your point about like, I always find this fascinating because uh, we spent a lot of time a couple years ago in Costa Rica and their food is so simple, but they have like the perfect climate for growing so many different ingredients. And they have like where I was staying, it was this farm with so many exotic ingredients and I was cooking fun stuff. But when you go to most places, they have the Tico food and it's basically just rice and beans, plantains and some kind of like fish with this like oregano garlic sauce. And I was amazed that you'd then go to Mexico and have very similar access to ingredients and the food is so much more diverse, you know? And so it makes me think about like why certain cultures like Thailand, you know, maybe took things step further, whereas other cultures are, don't care as much about the food or they just want it to be simple. Yeah. I don't know? know. I mean, I, I think I also really care because I do feel like I ha- I want to like, I want to educate the world a little more on the food. You know, it's, I still, I think that you have people mm. like, like Andy Ricker and David Thompson that have done enormous amount of work in English and that coming out with their amazing books and stuff. But I still think there's room for more, you know, and I think that it's still like on a, um, on a consumer level, I think it's a little misunderstood still. So I don't know. I, I think that, I think that's probably why I'm, I'm also in, interested in it. Cause it's, it's pretty unknown. Like I can't, if I want Thai food right now, I can't go. People ask me like for recommendations, like where am I going to go to get Thai food that I want? You know, I can get a bunch of Thai food. Like I said before that, like you can even find it in Thailand. I could get that same kind of stuff around the block here. So it's not any less of food, but I just can't get a lot of the stuff that I personally am into. Um, Really make I gotta it. make it, but then like yeah. I can't also get the ingredients a lot of the times for some of these dishes. You know, a lot of the stuff is like very specific leaves and like fruits and different things that like just do not grow here, or perhaps they could be grown in Florida and they could be grown in Mexico, and there could be a whole new movement that should start for Thai food. But it's just like there's no demand, you know, and there's no education on it. People don't know. People just don't know. That's the other issue. I, so, I hope that maybe someday I can yeah. get people to know more. And I, I would love, it would be a dream of mine to somehow like, why do we get key limes? Why do we get like Mexican limes? All these things. Like why, like, why can't we have the, the seed for the Thai lime grow in Florida here? Like, why can't it be here? It, it's, it's like, it's not that, I don't know if it's a climate thing, you know, it, maybe it'll taste different because it is a different area and different soil, but like you still could technically grow it it's just like there's no demand like well and also most things don't grow here like you know our friend john clay who's a a farmer um learning about the farm and the fact that most things that like grow here aren't what people want so we force grow stuff you know and like farms are in a lot of ways this i don't want to say backwards but that we think of farming in this day and age is like okay like these people are farming like support the farmers support the farmers and i love that when I go to a farm and I'm like, oh, wow, like you have all this wild stuff that just grows naturally here and no one's cooking with it, like purslane and lamb's quarter um, and, and chickweed and stuff that are very edible and very tasty. And some there's leaves out there that taste like, um, like, for example, wood sorrel. It, it tastes sour. It's it tastes like uh, lemon, mm-hmm. you know, but people aren't using it. And instead, they're growing the things that they're accustomed to. 
so it's also like there are a lot of things that grow here and i find i find foraging fascinating because i'm like what are maybe maybe there's more links than we realize to stuff um but yeah when it comes to when it comes to growing citrus I, i don't see why it would be impossible like i'm growing key limes i'm growing kaffir limes and uh meyer lemons right now and and they're just starting i also have a mango um that was imported from thailand that i seeded and started growing so i'm experimenting to see kind of what's possible here um and so i'd be curious like to see where that goes in the future as thai food gets more and more popular um but but what i'm curious about for you just to kind of to like lesser last question and also want to know what's what's up in your world um that you can share with the, the listeners but uh what if there's something that you could share with everyone that's listening, like just something like a big takeaway um, when it comes to cooking, I would love to know what that was. Um, good question. When it comes to cooking. Yeah. Like, for, cause, cause at the end of the day, like, you know, part of the, the, the podcast I'm doing here is really about just inspiring people to, whether it's live their dream through food or through music or through something like, so is there something that you've taken away in this, the Thailand travels that was like a big aha or that you feel like would be valuable for people to know about? Um, I just think that, I don't know, as, as far as like cooking, you just need to like do what <laughs> it's very cliche, but you just really need to do what you believe in and then keep learning more about it. And that my that's my piece you know i haven't i haven't figured out mm. I, i've done you know several dinners and found different ways to make money off of what i do but i still haven't quite um found exactly what my main goal is you know and uh but i do know but what i do know is that the more i learn about it and just like cook every day that the hat the that's what makes me happy i'm just learning new mm. things but I think with cooking in general, you have to, you really have to just share it with people. Like that was like the first night me and you met after the street, like I went over to your apartment and you guys were cooking and you gave me all this food in it. That's like very warming to share food that you make for, with someone else. It's got to be beyond yourself, you know, especially if you're approaching food, like how everyone's approaching it nowadays. Cause it's, it's a ridiculous thing that we are, already approaching like this in the first place you know like it's kind of ridiculous that you have a cooking channel no offense but like it's just it's ridiculous no it's it's ridiculous food is survival you know like like it's like i don't mean that in a bad way but i mean if you just break down the barriers just be to feed your family and like that's like sometimes i need to remind myself about that you know if i'm in the kitchen and i'm like really frustrated about how something's tasting or something from like my culinary standpoint like I just need to like reset, you know, and I'm always working on that. It's a personal growth thing because it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. <laughs> like it's food, you know. Like yeah, uh, well, it's part of the it's part of the artist way too. It's like this, you know, you want things to be the way you want them to be. You know, this a, a perfection or the way that you remember them, even if the person eating it is no matter what going to be blown away. You know, uh, it's the same with music. It's like you play a show and people are having a great time, but you're focused on that note you missed or whatever. Uh, and I, that's something I've had to learn. It's a too, hard thing. It's a hard uh, thing that to it learn. Is. But it's most people, food. most people will never <laughs> know anyway. You know, like if you play a show, like no one's gonna know that you missed, like you didn't hit that symbol at that one time. Like no one knows, no one cares. But <laughs> on the flip side, it doesn't mean that you should approach everything with that mindset. Because if you start half-assing everything and you don't have your own kind of like level of integrity, then like it's it loses its substance so there's it's like a it's a middle ground with what i'm saying like i I think it's a balance well you don't want to you don't want to stress out and kill yourself over like not this perfectly but you want to strive for something great you know yeah you can't you 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 gotta just chill out but you should also strive for perfection though that's what i I, that's what i would say would be my own advice to myself actually yeah, strive for perfection. Like, strive yeah. for per- perfection, because I mean, <laughs> perfection is like no matter if you strive for it, perfection is not is not perfect, and perfection is not even that nice in the first place. You know, like usually, perfection isn't the greatest thing. You know, we we build buildings that aren't perfectly square, like because we want like shape and contour. You know, if, and that's like it's yeah. perfection. What is perfection? If you look at that, so um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And, and uh, just just to leave the listeners with something, 
is there anything that you want to know about? Like, obviously, your Instagram handle. Or are you going to be still doing pop-up dinners for anyone in New York City? I'm sorry. Everything you said got cut off. <laughs> oh, oh, no worries. This is, you know, our first uh, chat via this, this uh, app. Um, I was just saying, is there anything you want the listeners to know personally, like, to follow your Instagram? Or do you have any dinners coming up or uh, anything right, like right that? Right now, I, I have nothing on the schedule <laughs> i'm like i and that's a beautiful okay. thing to be honest with you um it's that's another thing we always everyone always associates um everyone always thinks you need to be busy you know you need to be doing this but you don't you can you can just like <laughs> sit and think for a second and eventually because we live in a world that is governed by money that won't that won't continue on and i need to get my shit together but um i right now i'm really just really digesting i think it's gonna it's like i cook so much stuff this trip i cooked more than like 150 things i would say recipes and just to be able to like digest that amount of information is going to take me months to be honest with you because i mean i could i could like like last night I, i i made a dish kind of based on something i made there and what i had and it was actually good but like i didn't take the time yet to really think about how it was made and like check my notes and stuff so i know that i could take it to a different level so i think a lot of my time is being spent on uh just like processing processing it takes forever to process it's like it's it's also like very it's kind of crazy being back here after two months because you know i was in an area that is exactly where I need to be to like to harness my skills and like what I want to learn. So it, it's kind of you were studying with the the masters. Of yeah, Thai it's kind food, of difficult being right? here because like what I want to like what I want to learn about is not really you can't learn about it here. Like you can't really. Um, you yeah. the, well, it's, it sounds like you put yourself through school. So it's it's like that's part of it. Like the learning phase is a huge. Yeah, part I, of, that's know, a great way to, to say it. School. It's it's kind of a never ending school. <laughs> like. But like that's, that's <laughs> definitely what it feels like, and um, you know, hopefully, um, I will have my. Um, I have no plans for a restaurant. A lot of people ask that, and I, I'm not interested. But I am interested in a in a store. So maybe someday I will have a store, because um, that will be my well, way. That's amazing. Of, that will be my way of bringing Thai ingredients to the world because there are stores right now that have it but they're not exactly what i would like um yeah i hear that well listen man um thank you so much for taking the time to chat about your journey and just kind of give people some amazing thai knowledge from the from the root from the source (laughs) uh and anyone out there you know you can click on the description but follow make bistro on instagram uh, he's got amazing you do instagram stories you have awesome just knowledge if you want to learn more about thai food or just even just look at some beautiful pictures yeah. of delicious food just that's go basically for the, art. Go for the pictures my i feel like i've been doing less stories these days <laughs> it's it's interesting oh. i don't know what do you think about stories it's a side subject but like it, it becomes i i i'm trying yeah. to i'm trying to um you know, allow my allow my own studies to bloom a little more and uh, instagram stories take a lot of time they do um, they're also a little bit uh, like ejaculation to me. Like it's just like a quick get. I don't know. Like I like I was talking about this the other day on my own story. I'm like, what do you guys think of stories? Like, do you do you like them? Because I don't know. Like it's 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 that kind of weird thing where you like a lot of people are doing them. And it's, it can be fun to watch people's stories, but I don't know what like the greater purpose of it is sometimes. And I I've said this. I think one of the reasons that. I have always appreciated your stories that I'm actually learning. And I, I like, I like when I'm watching a story and I'm at least learning something or being inspired. If it's just like, Hey, look at my life, you know, and I even do that. I'm guilty of that sometimes too. But when it just becomes the, Hey, look at my life thing, it's, it's almost like, why are you taking that moment out of your life to share something that's not really going to do anything? No, it's not really have any true. impact. So I'm it's always true. And I think picture. that like the original, I mean, I feel like I was like one of the original people on instagram going so hard every day putting out food things like for so long and it doesn't like it 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 helps like build a following but there's there comes a breaking point where as someone who's very interested in like what other people do and in art like i want to be able to support people and there's no support system to instagram story and 
it's getting, you know, I teach people privately and stuff. Like, I don't want, you can only give away so much online. Like, I want to, I want to be able to connect with people in person more. And, and I do that, but you know, ideally you, you teach people and you get paid for your work. And that's not something Instagram really cares about. Like, it's just a platform that they, they kind of just have all your stuff and everyone can just get everything for free. And, you know, there's enough free stuff on, on, on YouTube already. Um, yeah and and that, that's a very common thing it's a really good point because uh, even for me on on youtube it's like I, I put in so much effort to putting out videos but at some point you're like wait a minute like who's really benefiting from this when like youtube is paying you a very tiny amount of money to make a video so that they can promote someone else's right. ad on your video you know and it's like it's, it's, I mean, there's so many things like that. But Instagram, like you said, it's another level. There's no monetization platform. And they are throwing in ads on there. And they're able to say, like, hey, we've got 50 million users or however many users. So, like, give us money so we can keep this thing up. Um, so what I always find with any social media is figuring out how you can get a more direct connection yeah. to people. You know, like, what can you use it as a platform for marketing? But at the end of the day, that's all it is. Unless you're just sharing pictures with your friends and family. All Instagram is is like a marketing tool to get to get people attracted to you, so that you can take them yeah. somewhere else. And that's the only way 100%. to make it profitable. Hundred you know? percent. So, <laughs> and so yeah. that's a great point, which is why I'm I'm working towards other things, and they are unknown right now. But like, they're hopefully to you know, I have some people follow me on Instagram. It would be great to bring more people. And I, they actually, it actually has helped me bring people to my dinners and stuff. But it's not the um. I don't, I don't care too much about it. <laughs> Honestly, I really don't. Like I've went through, I went through waves, but I, I think over the past several months, probably since August, I've kind of been a lot less inspired to want to um, be on Instagram. Yeah, it's so much, it's so much content. There was a, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you guys and everyone with this, but uh, I think it was Norm Macdonald. I was watching a little stand up that he did. He's like, it's, he's like, when are it's like, what's it going to be like for our kids in the future when they're looking back at pictures? He's like, when I was a kid, our parents had one picture of us. And they'd be like, hey, here's the picture of Johnny when he was three years old. Like, look at it. Now it's like, hey, look, here's 600 million pictures in every video and every second of his entire life. It's a very different time. It's, that's going to be the, what that'll be like. Is that'll be the norm. That's what we will expect. We'll be like, where's, wait, where's the video, though? You know? Oh. Yeah, kids, kids' lives are documented. I have a friend that just had a baby, and it's like his whole he's, – he's not agreeing to it. The baby is not agreeing to it, but his whole, his whole life, you know, is basically being documented. It's very interesting. We live in a digital world. Well, uh, listen, Derek, thank you so much for doing this. I hope to do more, um, and I look forward to chatting with you in, in general and, and seeing where you take all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is definitely a, a cool platform. I think it's pretty cool. Like, really I mean, like, yeah it's pretty wow should... you didn't have to do anything like i'm so <laughs> blown away about this Usually <laughs> podcast you record it all you post it you like go to itunes you try to share it like uh cool edit and this actually goes so what's cool about this is you record a podcast and you can label it in the app and it shoots it directly out to itunes spotify every podcast oh, really? platform so it's like it really is the easiest way. That's like the like the logo, the slogan, but it really is the easiest way to make a podcast. That's sweet. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Cool. Um, but yeah, man, have a beautiful day, and uh, thanks again. And uh, follow at Make Bistro on Instagram, and you'll see what you All see right, over there. All right, later. Peace out. <laughs>